0: time now for king's talk oh it's squirted between the pads where you the listeners call in with your comments and questions after every king's game tell us what's on your mind call us at 877 kings 20 that's 877 kings 20 we'll also take a look at the stars of the game game highlights and the out-of-town scoreboard it's time for king's talk right here on the la king's iheart audio network
1: Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk. We're taking your questions and comments all night. Call in 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. The Kings get their first win of the season at Crypto.com Arena, a 6-3 win over the Arizona Coyotes. We're going to try something new tonight with trivia. I've got uh, difficult, medium, and easy-level trivia questions for you, so call in 877-KINGS-20. We'll be giving away tickets to Kings game. And uh, I don't know, maybe something from my office or something if you want to go with <laughs> the easy route. Joining me tonight, Jack Jablonski. How are you doing tonight, Jack? Doing better than last time I joined you. Yeah, yeah. A win at home. A novel concept. Uh, Jack, we heard from Todd McCullough this morning that Adrian Kempe and Kevin Fiala uh, need to produce more goals. A goal for each of them tonight. Adrian Kempe's was another <laughs> a empty netter. Bit of an asterisk, yeah. But, you know, look, they, all, they don't ask how, they ask how many. Uh, and Kevin Fiala. Uh, A goal off of that Gavrikov shot, but just a force of nature on the ice tonight was Kevin Fiala.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it goes without saying that this was his best game of the season so far. Um, uh, You know, through two periods, I think he was tied for second on the team in shots. But ultimately getting the the monkey off the back for his first goal. um, And, and, you know, it wasn't one of those, you know, sexy goals that you see bar down or one-timer. He did it by working hard. He won the battle in front of the net um, positionally. Um, and then tapped in a a nice little easy um, rebound off of the post from a a Vladislav Gabrikov um, shot. So uh, no question that you have to be liking the direction that uh, Kevin Fiala's game is going in. Um, And again, you know, we've talked a lot about some of the areas that he has struggled or hasn't been as good as he was last year. Um, And for a guy who's, you know, third in the NHL in assists and not playing his game fully um, to his liking is something that you've got to be happy with, given the way that um, he responded tonight. He was the second
1: star of the night, the third star Drew Doughty, and the first star of course, Blake Lizotte from your home state of Minnesota. Uh, that whole line, Blake Lazat, Trevor Lewis and Carl Grunstrom.
2: Th- Outstanding.
1: Yeah, I mean, they—you know, listen, it's the fourth line, I get it, they don't play a ton of minutes, they're not scoring you know, hat tricks every <laughs> night, they're not Austin Matthews, I get it, but for a fourth line, they do everything you want. They don't. They don't hurt you. Nope. They're not losing shifts. And uh, even tonight on the penalty kill, where it looked like Trevor Lewis was very disappointed with himself, yeah. uh, he smashed his stick over the side of the net. Even that one got called
2: back and didn't count. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. But yeah, you've got to love what you see uh, from a fourth line perspective. You know, there's there's different types of fourth lines in the NHL. Uh, for the Kings, it's a it's a, a momentum grabbing. Uh, energizing and a very much a stylistically uh, the way that the Kings play. You know, they get after you, they forecheck, they're tough to play against. And um, any night that you can get two goals from your fourth line, uh, you should absolutely win the game. Um, and, and that's what the Kings did, obviously, with a six to three victory. Um, and getting two five on five goals from the Kings' fourth line is is uh, an outstanding thing. Um, and it just jo- goes to show, you know, how important these guys continue to be, you know, Grunstrom three goals in the first five games, not all on the fourth line minutes uh, role, but uh, again, something that uh, he just continues to work, put his head down, doesn't care where he plays. Lazat always uh, energizer bunny, you know, plays 12 minutes a game. Doesn't matter. He looks good for all 12 minutes and Trevor Lewis. We know how valuable he is um, on the penalty kill and obviously in the locker room as well, but um, even on the offensive night uh, and tonight, Steve from Anaheim, are you there, Steve?
3: Jesse, how are you?
1: Oh, hold on, Steve. Uh, I cannot hear you, and the engineer stepped out for a second. Steve, can you hear me? All right.
3: I can hear you, yes.
1: All right. You know what, Steve? I'm going to ask you to call back in about five minutes. Uh, I'm going to try and track down our engineer, because I don't know how the board works, uh, and I don't know how to boost the call. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that, Steve. We'll get you on in just a second. If you want to hold on, we will uh, have this up and running in just a second. Sorry, Kings the fans, the simulcast is a work in progress here. Uh, Jack Pierre-Luc Dubois tonight, 52.9%, 9 of 17 on the faceoff. Uh,
2: he had one game that looked rough, but he has been getting stronger and stronger in that faceoff, Dot. Yeah, no question. I, it was great to see him uh, in his improvements and even just to get on the scoreboard uh during the road trip, and that seamlessly helped a lot when it came to, um, you know, him just getting comfortable. You know, a lot of times when you sign a big contract, you get into a new uniform, there's a lot of pressure that you put on yourself and lots that uh, is expected of you. And and for PL to, uh, you know, get on the score sheet during that road trip and now be able to get a little bit more comfortable um, in his own skin in a new atmosphere, uh, it's great for, for Kings fans to see him valuable on both ends of the ice and um, oftentimes, you know, starting the play with the, the puck. So uh, anytime you can go above 50% in the face-off circle is uh, is a success. We are going to try this one more time. Steve from Anaheim, can you hear me?
3: Jesse, can you? Yes, Jesse, now can I can you hear, hear you, Steve.
1: Sorry about that. How are you doing uh, tonight, Steve?
3: I'm, well, we want him happy. Uh, thank God for replay because that would have been a, that was a huge overturn in that uh, power play by the Coyotes. Uh, Indeed, but I thought we played overall played pretty well. Um, one of the things I've been fa- following hockey since the early seventies. The other night, when I was at the game, I didn't realize how many off-ice officials show up at every game. What the heck, all of those guys do?
2: A lot of those guys are taking stats. So, so these they're the official guys that um, track everything that goes into the history books uh, when it comes to the NHL. So, any t- anyone's ice time, we're talking. Uh, their shots on goal we're talking saves we're talking um, you know lines together a lot of those guys so it's not just um, replay officials and people up in Toronto that are tracking things obviously those are the you know the sexy important uh, officials so to speak that will tell you if it's a goal or not but then you've got a bunch of other guys who track um, all the stats that go into the history book
1: Steve thank you very much for your call do you want to try a hand at the
2: trivia? Sure.
3: Why not?
1: Do you want the uh, the extra difficult, the medium, or the easy?
3: I uh, why would I want the extra difficult? Well, <laughs> I don't know.
1: medium. <laughs> All right, we'll give you the easy one. <laughs> Who is the only player in NHL history to play for only the LA Kings and the Arizona Coyotes in his career? And I'll give you a hint: he's still active.
3: Um. Oh. Easy. He, uh, what's that?
2: I just said, oh, I the only it
3: out. He, the only king that played his whole career for the uh, L.A. Kings and the Arizona uh, Coyotes.
1: Yep, only played for two teams, and it's the Kings and the Coyotes. Still playing, still playing. It was on the
3: ice. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say, oh, um. So
1: I'm dirty. That is correct, Steve. Go ahead, stay on the line, give your contact info to our board op, and uh, we'll go ahead and get you a King's prize. I uh, appreciate you calling in. If you're listening out there, call in 877-KINGS-20, kings 20 We're going to go to our first break here. When we come back, we'll dive into some numbers, some highlights. You're listening to King's Talk on the LA Kings Audio Network here on iHeartRadio.
0: We return to Kings Talk, your post-game reaction to L.A. Kings hockey. Call 877-KINGS-20 on
1: the L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk, now joined by Daryl Evans. Daryl, we heard you, Jim, and Nick talking all game long. Uh, about this effort it sounded like you guys were impressed with the game from the LA Kings tonight
4: yeah I think it was a real solid team effort uh, you know even though the Kings fell behind one nothing uh, after the first five minutes of the game I thought they really settled things down for the next 10 minutes they really took charge they locked up the neutral zone um, you know I don't want to say they were caught by surprise but Arizona's done a really good job entering tonight's game they'd only given up three goals against five on five they'd only given up one goal against in the first period so five games uh, that's a pretty good. Uh, those are pretty good statistics. Uh, giving up under two goals a game. So the Kings found a way to get the offense going, but I think they had to get under in their in their minds an understanding that it was going to be defense that led to offense. And as we saw late in the hockey game, after that goal was uh, turned back, the Kings shut it down, really giving the Arizona nothing. So solid team effort, timely saves by Copley, uh, a power play goal, some solid penalty kill. Uh, And a big two points for the Kings.
1: You're listening to Kings Talk. We're taking your questions and comments. 877-KINGS-20, 877-KINGS-20 if you're driving home from the game or if you're just at home watching the game. We've got uh, a range of trivia questions tonight, although we asked the easy one already. I think I've got another easy one loaded up. So we've got an an easy, a medium, and a difficult, Daryl for the people calling in. Uh, Nick and Jim actually caught me completely by surprise. They didn't get the extra difficult question right, but they got very, very close. Uh, co- actually, kind of disappointed me how close they came. <laughs> but but uh, I want to talk about. Uh, we're going to go a little bit out of order here. We like to do the play of the game, the player of the game tonight. For me, though, Daryl, the play of the game actually not a play at all. It was the replay, the uh, the offside challenge on that, on that. Well, I guess it wouldn't have been a power play goal because it came with time just expiring on the power play. But a minute before that puck winds up in the back of the net, Arizona goes offside. Um, incredible decision by the coaching staff to call that challenge
4: you know going back to last year Jess uh, the Kings coaching staff was perfect every one that they challenged they were right on and the only one that they would had prior to tonight in Minnesota they were wrong on so <laughs> when Jim and I and, uh, and Nick we, when we talked about it on the broadcast we felt that the Kings after knowing what happened last game that you know that one got turned back that they thought they were right on that this one had to be for sure uh, because not only that would have put Arizona, winning a goal, would have put them back on the power play. And uh, that could have been, you know, a, a real difference in a hockey game. But they were spot on and a, a great challenge. Uh, Sammy Lee does a great job with, you know, with the video replays and things like that. He spotted it, and uh, it didn't take too long for the officials to, to make the right call and uh, call a goal back. Jim from San
1: Diego wants to talk about the fourth line. Jim, are you there? Hey, um, do you see
4: the the fourth line? get more minutes than just PK and occasional six to seven shifts a game well I think you know you have to each each and every game is going to be different uh, the King's next couple of games they got a back-to-back situation coming up and they're not going to be at home on Friday night so line changes are going to dictate a little bit of that as well. Uh, I think they have a lot of trust and confidence in their game in a, in a in a perfect game I don't think the Kings want to be short 5 times, 4 or 5 times in a game. I think they'd like to limit the penalties against to 3 or fewer. Uh of course, you know they'll take as many power plays as they can get, but a lot of a lot of games you're not going to get, you know, much more than maybe 3 or 4 power plays. So, uh that should be able to spread the minutes out, you know, evenly. The Kings have some depth uh in their first three lines. Uh you know, we've yet to see Adrian Kempe score an even strength goal. Kevin Fiala gets his first goal tonight um so th- th- there's a lot of ways of c- contributing goals the kings are averaging over four goals a game and the fourth line has had an impact on that we see lazat with a goal lewis with a goal grunstrom has got a few goals so they're, they're getting their goals they just have to learn to play within the minutes they're going to be allotted each and every game some games it's going to be a little bit more some games it'll be a little bit less if somebody may be uh, in a rotation of a line through penalties A guy like Grunstrom might find himself up on a line. Trevor Lewis might find himself up on a line. But the Kings have all kinds of depth, and I think when everybody's under the understanding, they're all going to play a significant role regardless if it's playing three minutes a night or 20 minutes a night. They all have a job to do, and if they execute their job, the success of the hockey club will follow it.
1: Jim, would you like to take a shot at a trivia question?
4: Well, I'll try the ultra-difficult. Oh, Uh, wow,
1: all right. You made my night, Jim. (laughs) Okay, the... uh, Phoenix Roadrunners were the LA Kings' IHL affiliate for a, a number of years. They existed uh, in multiple different leagues, but when they were in the IHL, I think it was from 1981 to 1997 before the uh, or just when the uh, Coyotes got there. So, in all that time, who led the Roadrunners in career scoring in their IHL? in uh, uh I'm blanking on the name of the word uh in, in their uh, iteration in their IHL in their IHL existence
4: Do I have multiple guesses or Sure I'll
1: give uh, you 3 guesses I'm, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> uh
4: I would have to say it would have to be uh man I'm drawing a blank Uh
0: No idea
1: no, Daryl, do you not. want to take a crack at it? Jim and Nick came up with the second leading scorer, both off the rip, but not the leading scorer.
4: No, I know who it was, not I know it wasn't Shane Doan. No, no, it <laughs> that, was not. <laughs> that I know.
1: <laughs> it was actually Jeff Chevalier.
4: Ah, there's a name uh, for Nick. the past, yep. Yeah, left-wanger. left winger. Jim, do you want to take time. a
1: crack at uh, an easier version of the trivia question? Sure, why not? All right, which Stanley Cup-winning coach played for the Roadrunners in 159 games? Uh that would have to be
3: played, Kings played for the coach for the, uh, the Roadrunners. Runners.
1: Uh, how about one of the – Daryl Sutter. No, incorrect. It was uh, – well, you know what? I'm going to hold on to it, and maybe someone else will get a chance. Jim, thank you very much for calling in. We appreciate it. Steve from Orlando, are you still with us? Did we lose Steve from Orlando? Hello. I guess we – nope. Steve, is no. you? No, I'm here. Okay. Steve? Yeah, yes. All right, you've yeah. got a question about Jordan Spence.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, he's been playing great. It's great seeing him out there. As good as he's playing, do you think uh, we're going to be seeing Brant Clark anytime, or has Spence got it until an injury happens?
4: Well, I don't, it's not a matter of Spence having it. it uh, uh, right now he's playing extremely well, as, as you said, but he has more experience. Yeah. Um, you know, he's stronger. He's more mature. He's been around the league a little bit more. And for Brant Clark right now, the most important thing for him is is to play. Uh, you know, if he comes up on this team right now, is he going to be, you know, quarterbacking the power play like he's doing down in Ontario? Is he going to be on the second unit? You know, right now, that probably wouldn't be the case with the play of guys like Dowdy and Spence. Um, and again, they're both right-handed shots. Maybe if it was a left-handed shot, it might be, you know, a different conversation. But there's no need to rush this kid uh you know he's learning to become a professional hockey player i see him each and every day that the rain are practicing tom today had a couple of words with him they're going on a two game road trip he's excited he's happy down there and this is all part of becoming a solid nhl player there's no doubt that brand clark's going to be in the nhl when he comes up he's probably going to come up and stay uh you know we got a taste of it last year at the beginning of the year knew the things that he had to work on went down worked on those and now it's just a matter of letting everything fall into place. Time goes by, you get a little older, you put a little bit of muscle on, and you learn to play against men, whether they're in American hockey league or in the NHL, these are more experienced players. They're bigger, they're stronger, and he's, hold- he's holding his own. He's doing a good job down there. The coaches, Marco Sturm, talking to him, uh, pleased with what he's doing, and he's getting uh, significant ice time. So it's just part of the development uh, that the, you know, the Kings and all the other teams in the league do, and uh, there's no reason to rush this kid in.
1: Thank you for your call, Steve. Awesome. We pre- appreciate it very much. Eddie from Fontana likes to see the Kings coming back after going down one to nothing. Daryl, Eddie, are you there? Hey, what's up, Jesse? Thanks for taking my call. My
3: pleasure. I had actually called you when I was driving down to San Diego with my wife. Oh, and, uh... hey. <laughs> Did you,
1: you guys <laughs> yeah. made it back, I see.
3: <laughs> we made it back, yes, right. sir. We were able to watch the TV this time. So wanted to say, like, uh, you know, from what I heard, uh, the Coyotes – Every time they scored first so far this season, they went on to win their game. So it was nice to see the Kings battle back with, you know, Kopitar leading the way, Um, you know, and everybody else just contributing was just uh, every time the Coyotes seemed to to cut into the lead. And the Kings just kept battling back, battling back, and able to hold on and and finish them off.
1: Darrell, I actually – had I not chosen uh, Samson Lee's challenge of that offside call, Kopitar's goal in the first period would have been my play of the game. I thought important not only to get the Kings back in the game, like Eddie said, but also to do it on the power play. The power play hasn't been, you know, a a detriment to the team. But as Todd said this morning to us, they gave up those two shorthanded goals. I think the word he used this morning was mistakes of stupidity. Um, So for the power play to come out, the first chance they got tonight to get the team back in the game, tie it up one-to-one, I thought actually a really important moment in the game. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, I agree.
4: Yeah. It, it, it's so then, a, just, no, go ahead, Eddie. I'm no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say it's important. Uh, you know, Tom McClellan, we, we talked to him this morning at the pregame skate about, you know, adjustments being made on the power play. You know, last year when the power play, which was ranked number four in the league, you know, players that they don't have on it right now, Victor Arvidsson, Gabe Vellardi. Sean Dersey, all three right-handed shots. Well, the only right-handed shot that they've got going right now is uh, you know Spence back on the blue line. Uh, everybody else is is a a left-handed shot. So there's adjustments as to you know how how they're playing and uh, they. I think they're working their way through it. Uh, Dubois is a new member to it. Uh, Spence had some experience with it. And, uh, you know, Laferriere's had a little bit uh, of a taste of it. But he's a right-handed shot. But, again, not nearly the experience that the other guys had in there. So it's going to take – it's going to be, you know, a work in progress. uh, Something that, you know, the more opportunities they get, the better off they're going to be. Each and every day that they have a, you know, a a practice practice, it's something that the coaching staff works on. So I thought that goal, as you mentioned too, Jess, it was a timely goal. Uh, You know, executing on the first one, Uh, that was good – to get the you know team back and even the game up.
1: Eddie, we appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Did you want to take a shot at uh, any of the trivia questions tonight, Eddie? Uh, sure, why not. <laughs> okay. We asked the uh, the coach question, I'll ask it to you again. We didn't get an answer for it. Which Stanley Cup winning coach played for the Phoenix Roadrunners when they were the Kings IHL affiliate, played for them for 159 games?
3: Oh my god. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, no idea. It was all right, I'll, I'll, I'll you give you
1: guys the answer. This question, you've got to be, I think, a Kings fan of a certain age. It was Dan Bilesma. Uh,
4: Believe it or not, Jess, that was my guess. All right, that was, there you that go. was the only name that came to me. <laughs> yeah, and, that was, uh, <laughs> was going to be my guess.
1: Now, I didn't even realize it, but there was another coach who played for uh, the Roadrunners, never won the Stanley Cup or hasn't won the Stanley Cup yet, I should say, uh, Bruce Boudreau.
4: Uh, that I didn't know. So, I didn't, yeah, know, I didn't know that either,
1: Eddie. Thank you so much for the uh, for the call. We hope to hear from you soon. We're going to take another break here. When we come back, we'll dive. In, we'll sorry. We'll have some more final thoughts. Hopefully, some more calls. You're listening to Kings Talk on the LA Kings Audio Network here on iHeartRadio.
0: We return to Kings Talk, your post-game reaction to L.A. Kings hockey. Call 877-KINGS-20 on the L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network.
1: Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk. I'm joined by Daryl Evans. Your L.A. Kings 6, the Arizona Coyotes 3. The Kings pick up their first win here at Crypto.com Arena of the Year. Before we get into another phone call, I want to play really quickly the highlight of the Kevin Fiala goal from the third period. We've played the other four. Here was Kevin Fiala scoring off of a uh, a shot that trickled through the goaltender from Vladislav Gavrikov.
0: To make sure no second chance. Kings win the draw. Spence to Gavrikov to the circle, a shot. And a loose puck score! Kevin Fiala, the original shot. of the year kevin told us he's going to shoot more
1: right now Daryl, that goal was not scored off of a a, you know a strong shot or a sharp shot as you might say todd mcclellan spoke this morning about the shot that fiala has and uh, his desire and the need for kevin fiala to use it more but a goal that came from hard work and perseverance nonetheless
4: yeah that's exactly what you want to see and he was definitely in a shooting mode uh he was looking to shoot the puck And I like the battle, the way he battled uh, Dermott, the defenseman, to be able to free himself up uh, to get one of those, you you might call it an easy goal, but the work that went into it uh, to find that puck and get away from the defender was was outstanding. His game is exactly where they needed to have it, uh, and he was rewarded. You know, he comes up with another couple of points. He's got nine points on the year, up amongst the leaders in the NHL. He's an elite player, and... uh, his line uh, with his new line mates in uh, Laferriere and Dubois, again, remember, these are two guys that he hadn't played with before. Uh, they've had some chemistry out there. They've had a lot of chances, and I think it's only a matter of time before they really break out and the puck really starts to find a back of the net.
1: Ever's been hanging out with us. Ever, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. Thank you for holding on, Ever. How's your night going?
3: Good, good. Uh, you know, getting the wind always good.
1: It is indeed. You had a question about the fourth line?
3: Yeah with the fourth line performing that they've been the last couple of games, does that put more pressure on the rest of the lines or does that uh, relieve the rest of the line
4: Well, there's two ways you can put it, you can look upon it. Uh, it probably the latter that you mentioned uh, relieves the pressure because you know when you're, when you're in tight games, especially when you're on the road, the opposition has the last line change, so they're going to put their checking lines out uh, against, against the Kings. the Kings though, now. When you look at their top three lines, with now, you know, Dubois coming in, they have three lines. I don't think there's a team in the NHL that can really match up equally with the Kings. So on one night, Kopitar's line might get shut down. It'll be Dubois that takes over. It might be the Deneau line. On another night, you know, it could be one of the other lines. But having that fourth line. Uh, take that next step uh, you look at Grunstrom, you know 11 goals 12 goals last year uh, he's already got three this year Trevor Lewis I think has been a great addition uh, in so many different ways to that line just the experience that he has the voice that he has on the ice on the bench and Lazat continues to you know just do what he does uh, you know outstanding uh, work ethic and everything like that so they've got some chemistry and a lot of the offense uh, you have to credit to the king 's defense as well. They now have a lot more mobile defense they 're able to get the puck out of their own zone mike anderson 's got a couple of hundred games under his belt. Jordan Spence continues to you know gain more and more experience now having Gavrikov for a full year helps out uh Roy is continuing to you know mature in his position and England uh you know I think uh not enough credit is given his way he plays within his means a simple game just gets the puck to the forward so the Kings forwards are getting the buck the puck in more favorable positions and uh because of that they're scoring more goals so uh, having that depth, uh, it's you know it, it's on any given night, uh, anybody can play a big part in the game. And tonight, the fourth line had a huge role in this game, coming up with uh, you know, a couple of goals.
1: Ever, were yeah. you watching the game from uh, from home tonight, or were you in the arena with us?
3: I was in the arena.
1: Oh, excellent! Fun for you to see the first win at home this year.
3: Oh yeah, just, you know certainly glad that, that that they got it out of the way and then, you know, the Kings showed their appreciation at the end when they stood right there in center ice and uh, saluted the crowd.
1: Would you like to take a crack at a trivia question?
3: Oh, uh, yeah, sure.
1: All right. Can you name two goalies that played for both the LA Kings and the Arizona Coyotes?
3: Uh, I will say maybe Dan Cloutier, and then I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to go old school. So, uh, can't remember. So, no, was, no, I don't think I can there, get it. There
1: was a Daniel, but it was not Cloutier. Uh Ever, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it, and I'm glad that you were able to see the Kings win here at Crypto.com Arena tonight uh daryl some final thoughts before we wrap it up uh, it last chance for people to call in 877 kings 20 877 kings 20 a number that leapt out to me tonight daryl was uh pierre Luc dubois nine of 17 in the faceoff dot he's getting better
4: yeah he's getting better as an individual and there's still some work to be done the kings as a group and it's not based upon the sentiment. Face-offs aren't won or lost primarily on the centerman. It involves all five guys on the ice. Whether it's a fifty-fifty puck, where the puck goes to, do you win the battle? Uh, you know, when, when you when uh, the puck goes uh, towards the opposition. So there's a lot of little different factors. But I think Dubois, and you know, he tells talks about it each time we, we you know when we get together with him after practice. It's just repetition. Uh, soon enough, everything will become instinct. You know, right now, you know, when you have to think about things. Things slow down a little bit, but when it becomes instinct and second nature, then it just becomes happen. It just think, things happen that much quicker. So uh, back to the drawing board a little bit. A couple of mistakes off face off tonight. Uh, the one in the neutral zone that you know we saw uh, Denault go in one direction and then the Coyotes came back the other way. Three on two, good shot on goal, shoot to the far pad, create the rebound. Uh, Trevor Moore got bat- beat by uh, uh, Bukestad to that puck and ends up in the back of the net. So just a little things, but. Uh, You know, Dubois is, uh, I know he works on that, um, and uh, he'll continue to improve, but, you know, as a group, it takes all five guys on that ice to win a faceoff, not just the centerman.
1: And, of course, no surprise, Andrzej Kopitar, 15 of 22 for 68.2% at the faceoff time.
4: Yeah, you know, and a lot of that comes from, you know, the experience, too. You look at how many faceoffs Kopitar's taken, uh, you know, the use of his body, uh, such a big frame out there, and a lot of times like you know if let's say the the opponent that he's up against is maybe getting the better of him with a quicker stick what he does is he neutralizes the stick uses his body lets the puck sit between his feet and trusts that one of his line mates or the defense are going to come up and pick up that puck which when they do it's a face-off win for Kopitar so it's a win-win for everybody everybody's got to be on the same page And when you do that, good things happen.
1: We've got Britton on the line. I believe Britton was here at Crypto.com Arena. Britton thinks the Coyotes' power play is very good. Are you there, Britton? Yeah, I'm here. Were you at the game tonight? Yeah, I was. And it sounds like you were impressed by the Coyotes' power play.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, we, we had, I was actually really impressed with our PK for the first, like, five games of the season. And, you know, Arizona's power play looked, pretty good i mean it gave us a lot of challenges especially late in the game um i thought we killed the first like two penalties pretty well but you know once they started you know getting some time you know they were they were making some good shots and i think they're uh what they got the first goal early in the game and then like the next two were off the power play so i i think that people might be sleeping on them a little bit but um Overall, I still think we played pretty well. I'm happy that Trevor Trevor Moore got a goal. It was funny because after Trevor Lewis, I was like, yeah, Trevor Moore is going to get the next one. So,
4: <laughs> I think when you, when you look at the Coyotes' power play, uh, I don't think you can understate the skill that they have on it. Uh, Keller's a really good player. That, there's a kid, Cooley, that they've added, a 19-year-old player. Those guys, uh, some similar moves to like what a guy like Trevor Moore has, those escape moves. They can play in traffic. They've got a high level of skill. Dersey's doing a good job at playing the top of the umbrella on the power play. He do, you know, he gets pucks down to the net. We saw the goal that, you know, eventually got turned back, and that was at the end of a power play. But those are the little plays that Dursey does. He's got a couple of power play goals uh, for that team. Uh, He, along with Gavrikov, entering action tonight, just two of nine defensemen in the NHL with at least two goals to start the season. But they've got a lot of skill um, and their power play. They now, with the goal they scored tonight, they've got eight power play goals in the season. They were tied for fourth entering action tonight. Their penalty kill is, you know, is uh, uh, hurting a little bit. Uh, You know, they're under 70% in that regard. And, again, that's... Smaller players, young players, not the experience that they have, but that will come in due time. Uh, they're a young hockey club moving in the right direction, but uh, the Kings, they have now w- with the you know guys like Trevor Lewis coming back, uh, Trevor Moore, uh, their penalty kill, Blake Lazat. now they don't have to rely upon Kopitar to be out there for any pe- every penalty kill. De- De- uh, Bois can go out there. Deneau can go out there. So So many more options on defense. All, all, all guys, like even late in the hockey game, I mentioned on on, uh, on the show that uh, they had Mikey Anderson and Gabrikov out there together, uh, two left-handed defensemen. So they've got a lot of trust in their defense. And uh, when they get timely saves from their goaltender, the uh, Kings are going to be a tough team to beat. Britton, thank you very I much agree. for
1: the call. We appreciate it. I'm glad you got to see the LA Kings pick up a win at home this, tonight. Big All fan. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Daryl, the Kings play Arizona again Friday night back-to-back games against the same opponent they played them twice in australia todd mcclellan this morning said that it you know was not as important that you're playing the same opponent because we're still so early in the season the kings have to focus on what it is that they do and what they're trying to do um heard similar things echoed by the players that i talked to about
4: yeah i, I asked uh, you know blake lazada about that uh, just after the game in the post game uh, they were down talking to along with zach dooley and that and I said, it's kind of like a little bit of a mini-series. You know, you're going to play them against on Friday, uh, and then within three weeks you're going to Arizona, you're going to play them again. So it's three games within four weeks. And I said, the two preseason games, I said, probably a little different than most preseason games because both rosters were pretty much set. Uh, you know, they only took 25, 26 guys, and most of those guys are on their opening night rosters. Um, and, you know, they, they got a chance to look at the kind of the revamped uh, Arizona Coyotes. This is a team that's had, you know, 20 picks in, uh, in the last couple of drafts, and uh, they've got a lot of young players, a lot of skills, so I don't think they were caught off guard tonight. I think had they not played Arizona in the uh, in the games in Australia, that they may have been a little bit more surprised tonight. Guys like Cooley, uh, you know, Keller they're familiar with, but I think Cooley uh, may have caught them a little bit by surprise, as he did in uh, in Australia, so... Uh, credit to the Kings. Uh, you know they've learned from the games that they've played, and each game becomes a chess match when you when you when you play in such a short period of time. So both teams are going to go to the drawing board tomorrow. They'll take a look at the film and look at the mistakes they made. They look at the good things that they did, and uh, try to make the subtle adjustments. Now going to the next game, Arizona gets the last line change. So we'll see whether or not they elect to have different type of matchups. Uh, but uh, you know that's the luxury of uh, when you when you play teams uh, close together. Uh, it's what you take from game to game. Uh, the first game in a seven-game series is nowhere near what the seven, seventh game looks like.
1: We're still taking calls, but it is getting late here. So if you want to say something, get it in now, 877-KINGS-20, 877-KINGS-20. Jacob is either calling about the L.A. Kings Power Play or from the L.A. Kings Power Play. Are you there, Jacob? Ooh, let's go with from. All right. How are you doing, Jacob?
3: Yeah, I'm good. How are you, buddy? I'm Long time good. no see. Um, i have a blasphemous comment.
1: Oh, boy. Uh, right. And
3: I think, you know, don't don't worry. Don't worry. Look, I thought this last season when we picked up Gavrikov, and the early season is just proving it to me more. I think this guy is, like, really underrated offensively. I know he's thought of as a defensive defenseman, but I think he knows how to handle the puck can trust him at the blue line, he can make a pass, and more importantly, I really like the way he gets the fuck on net. Something, and here's the blasphemous part, I don't think Drew Doughty is the best at. I would love to see Gavrikov on that first power play and I know it's never, ever, 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 ever going to happen. But that's
1: my comment. Well, I agree. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but I'm curious what Daryl thinks about it as an idea.
4: So what you're saying, there's not a chance. (laughs) You know what? Uh, Gabrikov has been a real bright spot. Uh, You know, when the Kings acquired him last year, they were hoping that they were going to get what they now know they have. Uh, Last year, he led the NHL in stick checks in the neutral zone, standing up on a defensive blue line. I think his offensive game is a little bit underrated and with regards to his, his decision-making, when to go, when to jump up, I'm not sure whether or not he's got the instincts to be on a power play, and that's no disrespect to his game. Uh, when, you're, when you're on the ice but let's say, a guy like a Fiala who's constantly in motion and he's he's like looking three or four passes ahead, I don't think Gavrikov... is more of a simplified type of guy. I think if you were looking at... The traditional way they used to play the power play with two defense, you'd probably see a guy like Gavrikov out there more on the on the power play, probably on the second unit, uh, you know, because when the other team's guys coming coming out of the box. But uh, offensively, I think he, you know, he understands the game real real well. He's smart. Um, he knows when to jump in, and more importantly, he knows when to pull back. So I think the Kings will tap into his offense, but uh, I'm not sure whether or not he's going to see a lot of power play time. Good. Yeah,
3: I doubt he is, but uh, you know, it's interesting you brought up the the four forwards and one defenseman. My my thinking was it's actually when you have the four forwards, I kind of feel like that you almost want a more stable presence as that one defenseman as opposed to the guy who's like the offense, all offense, all go. I'm also not opposed to seeing back in the three and two. I'm getting a little bored to be honest of the constant four and one that everyone seems to be going with these days. I'm not sure when that changed, but I feel like we never see the three and two anymore.
4: Yeah, you know, and when you look at it, like you know, you mentioned let's say Drew Doughty being being that guy. I've always thought that, and this goes back to day one. Drew Doughty's a better defender than he is offensively, and that's one of the. Re- and he takes more pride in his defensive game. His ability to break plays up defensively, and that's why not only is he on the power play, more importantly, when the Kings are protecting a one-goal lead he's the go-to guy for the coach back there he's got a great stick great instincts sacrifice the body he takes more pride in shutting down Connor mcdavid than going out and scoring three or four goals by himself and that's what you want to have in that type of guy and being that he's a guy that can play your power play uh i I think it's a great luxury and let's face it you know in in the near future uh with the evolution of guys like spence and you know, when Clark makes his way up, you know, we'll probably see Drew Dowdy's power play time, you know, come down a little bit. But right now he's he's earned it, and he does an exceptional job out there. And more importantly, he knows, you know, where the guys are, guys like Kopitar, Kempe. He's so familiar with them. So it's almost like having two guys on the ice when he's on the ice because of the familiarity that he has with his his his, uh, his own uh, line mates and teammates and also how well he knows the opposition, and that's a credit to his 1,100-plus games in the NHL.
1: Jacob, thank you very much for well, calling. You're always appreciate it. Kyle from Thousand Oaks, I believe, would like to take a crack at the trivia question. Kyle, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you doing? I'm good, Kyle. Did you watch the Kings win tonight?
3: Yes, sir. And, uh, hey, Daryl, hey, Jesse, thank you uh, for all the work you do on all the Kings men. Love the podcast.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. So the yeah. question was, can yeah, you name two good. of five goaltenders that have played for the Kings and Coyotes? Take it away, Kyle. The, all
3: right. All uh, right. The easy one was Darcy uh, Darcy Temper. Yep. And the other I sat on for about five minutes because I could picture the mustache. But uh, <laughs> Jason Labarbera.
1: That is correct. You have you've got it, Kyle. Mm-hmm. The other three: Sean Burke, Daniel Bertheome. That was the Dan, not Daniel Kluche. And uh, can you name the fifth one, Daryl? No. Nope. I'd never heard of this guy before. I got to confess. <laughs> the
4: ones that we mentioned, I've heard of Bertheome. I was. I wasn't yeah. 100% on that, but the, the other three I had.
1: Marcus Matson.
4: Well, uh, Marcus Matson, yeah, but I had, yeah, I, <laughs> I would never have put him there. Yeah. I, me- I remember Marcus when he played with the Kings. In fact, he was a teammate. But, uh, yeah. Was no, he really? No recollection of him being over there. Yeah.
1: Wow. All right. Well, yep. I mean, he must have had himself a, a, <laughs> a long career then because uh, the Coyotes didn't come into existence until, what, 96, 97, I think? Um, so, all right. Uh, listen, Kyle. Hang on the line. Uh, the uh, uh, the board operator will get your contact info. We'll get go ahead and uh, get you tickets to an upcoming Kings game. I think we're going to wrap it up here. Daryl uh, Kings win six to three over the Arizona Coyotes. Their first home win of the season. They play the Arizona Coyotes again on Friday night. LA Kings Hockey returns to iHeartRadio on Friday night when your LA Kings take on the Arizona Coyotes at Mullet Arena this time in Phoenix, Arizona. The pregame show begins at 6.30 Pacific here on LA Kings Audio Network. You've been listening to LA Kings Hockey so far. Nick Nixon, Jim Fox, Daryl Evans, Kyle, Jacob, Britton, Ever, Eddie, Jim, and Steve from Orlando and Steve from Anaheim. Our on-site producer, Jake Warner and our network producer, Jeff Cabot. I'm Jesse Cohen. Have a wonderful evening, Kings fans. We'll see you next time.
0: On the rebound. You've been listening to Kings Talk along the L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network. Follow the Kings all season long wherever you are. Downloading. With the L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network. Download the iHeart app for free. And join us next time for the excitement of L.A. Kings hockey.